Hello, and welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the 40th dose, and it's called The Barefoot Poet. My name is Lindsay Celeste, and I'm making this podcast because I want to share with you some of the magic I found in the real world. And in this episode, I actually talk about what I mean by the real world. And I talk about that in my conversation with the barefoot poet, Joey Doherty. And we recorded a conversation, uh, and we want to share it with you. We talk about poetry, Joey reads one of his poems, and we talk about inspiration, creativity, barefoot walking. I talk about my recent experiences with walking in the dark and expanding our senses. And I hope that as you listen, you just sort of hear, it's a, it was a real pleasure to riff with Joey about the wonder in the world that we encounter and want to share. And yeah, there's a, there's a resonance of something about what we're up to. And I think if you have enjoyed listening to some of the thoughts here on Magic for Realists, you'll also enjoy meeting Joey. So I wanted to share him and some of what he's up to with you. Joey has a podcast, which we talk a bit about, and writes poetry books. Um, so without further ado, uh, please listen into my conversation with the barefoot poet, Joey Doherty. Thanks for listening. So today I'm joined by Joey Doherty. I'm not sure if I'm saying your last name right. And I'm super excited to be talking with you and sharing you with my audience. Joey, thanks for joining me. You're very welcome. I'm so happy to be here, Lindsay. And, and you said it great, Joey Doherty. Cool. And I thought I'd start off by, I don't think I've told you this part either, of how I think I found you on Instagram. Because um, basically Joey and I have never met in person, unfortunately. He's in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm on the west coast of Canada on Vancouver Island. And I think it was a tag of Breathe Your Biome. Does that sound familiar mm. to you? So that's yes. a tag that, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Dr. Zach Bush. There we go. Uh, who's a wonderful doctor and promoting lots of like outdoor health holistic nutrition stuff and so he started this tag on instagram called breathe your biome and it's an opportunity for people to share pictures of themselves outside and so sometimes i peruse that every friday or so they give a like a sort of community view of all the pictures that have had that tag and so i've noticed that i really like the vibe of the people who use that tag so i don't remember exactly which picture it was but I was intrigued by the picture and then found your profile. And there's this, you know, gorgeous man in bare feet exploring around with like your Instagram profile has staggered poetry <laughs> and pictures, which is also a good aesthetic. I was like, oh, like this guy sounds interesting. So then I start the like Instagram stalker move, which is like, <laughs> just like, like a few pictures, but not too many. And then comment on a few things and uh, struck up a friendship from there. So I think that's how I found you. That's so funny. I love that. It's all, it's such a delicate balance. Like how many photos to like, how far <laughs> back to go. <laughs> and, um, and so for you just meeting Joey, Joey's a poet and uh, used to be a practicing therapist. He is into barefoot walking and appreciating nature. And I'm not sure what else to say about you other than I appreciate your vibe and your 
mystical perspective on life. Um, you've recently started a podcast, which I think is, well, dear to my heart since this is a podcast, but also the, the way you're sharing these short uh, contemplative snippets is really beautiful. And I want to talk a bit more about that because I think people who enjoy my podcast would probably also enjoy yours. So I guess I'd like to start with the poetry aspect. Um, could you tell us a bit about where, what poetry is like for you now and how you came to be writing? Joey's written one poetry book a year for the last five years. Is that right? This will be the fifth one. Yeah. So five years. Yeah. So could you tell us a bit more about that journey? Absolutely. But first, thank you for, for saying all those sweet things. I really appreciate it. And so happy that we're connected and we haven't met in person yet. It will happen. Yes. I, I'm sure of that. So poetry, yeah, it's it sort of found me. Uh, we found each other, I think. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a, an unintentional, just came into my life and I couldn't imagine not writing poetry. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it's honestly just as natural as other things that we need to do to keep breathing <laughs> and, and living. It's, yeah, it's so interwoven in my life. So I started writing when I finished grad school. Okay. Grad school for becoming a mental health therapist. And, you know, this was the first time since, what, four years old, since I wasn't in school and had all this time before I could start practicing as a therapist so I started journaling just to like you know process how I'm feeling this new stage of life yeah and and that those journal entries just accidentally turned into poetry <laughs> and I was like wait a second this feels different yeah. from all the academic papers I wrote and I love it so I just got hooked and yeah I don't know what drove me to pretty quickly decide to put them in the books and mm -hmm. set that one book a year goal but I'm so glad I did because I mean it's so fulfilling to even just like pick up one of the books yeah. and flip to a page maybe it's like the first book or the second and then transport back to that was like a journal entry for me mm. from four years ago and it's cool to look back so it's just as much for me as it is for anyone reading it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's how it came to be. I'm curious, is there, do you always write them in the same like medium? Like, do you always write them pen on paper? Do you always write in the same spot? Do you type sometimes? Like, is there like the, the sort of practicality of like, how does the creative thing work for you when you're writing poetry? It's different all the time. It's, I don't have much structure when it comes to my poetry and okay. And I like that. So I'll often, it depends how the poem comes. So I've, I've gotten to the point where I can kind of feel yes. what kind of poem is coming. So okay. if I can feel it in me, that this is a poem that I need to speak out, okay. then I'll grab my phone, pull up the voice notes app and start talking. Mm -hmm. And then I'll transcribe that later. It's, I can't quite describe it, but it feels as if it's too big and my hands won't be able to keep up with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll do that. Um, more often than not, it's just I'm doing something like hiking or doing the dishes or just, I don't know, even driving. 
and I'll stop and like either voice note or type it in my phone. Yeah. So they live all like out there and then I'll go back and, and put them into my computer. So it's usually random. It's not usually planned. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I very rarely sit down with the intention to write a poem. Yeah, I'm the same way. I find that I can, I can sit down and edit both poetry or other writing that I've done. But the initial inspiration feels more like, like I've heard other creatives talk about like catching the inspiration. Like it feels mm-hmm. like it's sort of like passing by, not necessarily in a rush, but like I, and it's, when you talk about like that feeling of the poem coming, um, sometimes it'll just be like one line for me or a word and it won't necessarily be convenient. Like I'm trying to do something else and then I have to like rip a, corner off a brown paper bag to write down a little (laughs) bit and like start that way because the the moment's there for that initial inspiration that can like later I can plan to rework it but I I'm not sure I can really formulate the inspiration other than if I feel like there's a particular issue that I need to process and try and write about it but that's not guaranteed to be a good poem it's more like catharsic and if I'm lucky it turns into something readable (laughs) I love that and totally resonate with that I think you said because the moment is there yeah you know you capture it with that tearing off the I love that tearing something off whatever you can get (laughs) before it before it is gone yeah and I think that in some cases the inspiration is patient but also I think it like it's also it's almost like it's up to something and if I am not ready for it and I'm doing too many other things, then I'm gonna, that one's gonna pass by. That's a really kind, like graceful way to look at it. You know, it wasn't meant to be, it wasn't the time. I like that, rather than clinging to it. And I'm curious the, um, cause you mentioned that it feels like it's as much for yourself as for an audience. How has the, how has it been sharing your poems with the world like now for a few years? And that interaction, like, what has that been like for you? Hmm. I was just talking with a friend about this who has recently started sharing her poetry and kind of asking me about how I started. Yeah. Like a separate page versus my personal page. And honestly, going back and thinking and responding to her, I put very little thought into it. (laughs) I I just started posting poems on my personal Instagram page. And not really thinking about what this gonna, is going to lead to. Mm-hmm. And I kind of love that. And I mean, it's, it's so beautiful. It's, I mean, I've only been met with kind people mm-hmm. who resonate with what I'm writing. And um, I love sharing poetry. It's, it's different depending on the setting. So like putting some, putting poems into a book I feel as if I could put the most vulnerable poems ever into a book and not mm. really think anything of it mm. because I'm mm. not looking at you reading my book. Yes. <laughs> when, like, when I'm, you not see sitting, yeah. I'm not sitting across from you seeing your reaction. Like, that is the most vulnerable. I find that with my writing as well. It's like, I want to share it with more people than I can sit there while they read it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And that's such an intimacy. So yeah. So like, you know, I'm not intimidated by putting things in books anymore, but it's different if I'm doing a reading, if I'm 
like having a book release party where I'm reading a bunch of stuff. I won't, I often will see, find that I don't choose my most vulnerable poems to read there. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, you can see, you can yeah. see yeah. the reaction. Um, but I mean, I love it. It's, I love the sharing aspect of it. And another question I have about the, the poems is, do you find that there's a, um, is that, do you find that there's a flavor to your poetry as far as like what aspect of life you tend to express there? Or does it feel like you're expressing across lots of different flavors? Hmm. Flavors is a nice way to put that. It's seasonal, I would say. Like, yeah, it's seasonal. It's, I, I write different things depending on, I guess, where I'm at, what kind of flavor I'm, I'm feeling. Or, um, so often I'll write shorter pieces. I think that's kind of a, an outcome of the way that my brain works. And kind of, I think why I found poetry is because yeah. I don't have the greatest attention span. <laughs> so like, I love little short bursts of things. And so often my poems are a bit shorter. And, and I, when I read your poems, I, I like some of the, sh- I like the short ones because they seem like they're almost like a snack, like they're really digestible, but nutritious. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a little nibble of a thought and um, it doesn't, like there, there seems to be, like, I feel like there's nature throughout them is, is very much a theme um because I just recently got two of your books in the mail and and yeah that sense of like wonder questioning and like sometimes a different sometimes the question is coming from a different perspective uh or like like there's one about the the sun like thinking about how the sun sees me and so they feel like like the world is alive in your poems from different perspectives. Like it's not just me as the human being alive is what I feel so far. I love that. Wow. I love the snack piece. I know y'all, <laughs> I know y'all listening can only hear us, but we're, we're both smiling throughout most of this conversation. <laughs> um, yeah. That, well, that, I was going to say that's unfortunate. They can't see us, but I also think there's a, um, it's one of those layers where sometimes a, it's easier to, share oneself without everything exposed at once so like I find podcasting really friendly because I can share my voice and not worry about you know where I am or what I look like at the given time Um, so when you talk about that like the choices of what to share to a live audience I feel that because there's like these layers of uh, intimacy and trying to gauge I am continually trying to gauge the appropriate amount of exposure that's going to and by appropriate I mean like what's going to be both well received and interesting so I do want a certain amount of like raw vulnerability for example on my podcasts but then also what's an appropriate vulnerability that's going to feel like good to me because I I in a super public internet based you know realm there's something amazing that anybody could access it but also like there are things that uh, aren't suitable for that space but what is that and I I think we're kind of exploring that collectively right now where there's so many people using like their 
I almost want to say like their personality, like this whole like personal brand thing, even it's like who you are, what you're into, what you're up to at any point is part of what you're sharing with the world. Like it's part of the talent that you're bringing. It's part of your marketing. It's part of all this. And we're really intrigued by people's, you know, authenticity. I'm making little quotes. <laughs> um, and I think that's beautiful. Like we're, we're, we're blurring the lines between, you know, having integrity and like what you see is what you get. But also as people who share, we're trying to discern what amount feels good um, so that it is authentic, but it's not like overly exposed. And I, I think that doesn't actually lead to a good result either. So I, I hear that trend in what you're noticing. And also I just wanted to kind of broaden it. And I think it's something that as a culture we're trying to navigate right now in these new like online personality sharing realms. Does that feel at all like what's going on to you? Yes, yes, I, I agree. That's is really fun and interesting to hear you laid out that way. I think you're right. And I wonder if because more and more people have reevaluated what they want to do as a living mm -hmm. for a career and maybe diving, it seems more and more people are diving into what they love maybe that's writing maybe that's something creative and because of the way social media is so helpful it seems like a lot of us like you're saying are needing to figure out what that balance is yeah. and it's such a delicate balance what you just described because the authenticity is is so crucial and like you know you are a brand like you're the person who you know the the person wants to fall in love with you yeah who's writing the books, who's doing the podcast. Um, but yeah, it needs to feel good for us as the creators as well. And, and you know, what, what I, for myself, I think I get to dictate that completely. Totally. And, you know, I don't need to be more raw than I would want to be, but I want to keep stretching myself too. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so, you know. And part of, I think, often part of the creative spirit, at least my, my version of it is like a desire to kind of push some of the envelopes and like explore the edges. So that also means actually exploring the edges within myself, like, oh, how does it feel if I talk about this? So like, so it's, it's not just that it's an exploration of others reactions, but also of my own reaction to what I'm doing. <laughs> and that that's part of the fun of it to me. Yeah, I think being a creative is such a spiritual, it's such a spiritual teacher, like p creating something and then sharing it with even just one person. Mm -hmm. That's such a spiritual practice, I think. Attachments, you know, being centered and comfortable with yourself, no matter the reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, now that I'm diving more deeply into my creative work more full-time, um, which is a recent transition for me, it's, I've had to think about this quite a bit. Like, you know, what's the life that I want to be creating? And, mm -hmm. and I really, I'll be honest, I would love a, a quiet, I would love to just create quietly in the woods, just yeah. quietly write poems in the woods. But there's, there's an interesting balance there because you need to have certain level of recognition 
mm-hmm. to be able to do this full time. Yeah. You need a certain number of eyes, ears on you to be able to keep doing this full time and support yourself. And, and that doesn't, and that's not super quiet, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a balance. It's, we're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, since we've spoken about sharing our creative work, I'd love if you could read us a poem. I would love to. And I have so, a request. Could you read it twice in a row? Because I find that, especially when I'm aud- listening to a poem, I, I don't get it all the first time. I'm sure I don't get it all the second time either, but at least I get a little bit more. So could you read us a poem twice? That's a, that's a great uh, ask. Yes, I will. And even if I, I even like it when people don't get it all the way. Hmm. If I read a poem to them or if they read just a poem of mine, like, you know, everyone takes something different away from it. Um, so this poem is, is called While I Wait for the Water to Boil. <gasps> How did you know to pick this one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got to interrupt you. This is too funny. We didn't talk about which poem you were going to read. <laughs> Please share. So, so uh, I've had this, this is like my like one tidbit of wisdom that I feel like I need to be evangelical about in the world. And I don't use that word lightly is this advice I received from another sailor. And I've probably talked about this on my podcast before. And uh, I was on a sailboat. They were living on a sailboat. Me and my boyfriend at the time were not living in harmony. And this other couple on the sailboat really did seem to be living in harmony. And so I asked them like, what's your trick? Like, how do you do this? And one of the things they said was, uh, nothing there's like almost nothing that even on a sailboat is so urgent that you that it can't wait for you to make a cup of tea they said Mm. so whenever you're like getting agitated or freaking out they said just put on the water wait for it to boil make a cup of tea and then in like the 15 minutes you will handle whatever has come up better and that was maybe like eight eight years ago now, probably that I heard that. And it is like the one nugget of advice that has saved me so much strife. And it's funny, like if you just put the water on and don't wait for it to boil and do the action that you feel like doing then, it's not enough time. But there's something magical about that kind of like 15 minutes, like water's boiled, tea's steeped, you've drunken it. Like your biology calms down. It's so, it's so helpful. And so just the title of the poem, I'm like, yes, that's the, that is the thing. Just wait for the water to boil. <laughs> so this is fantastic. Could you please read us the poem? That's amazing. Wow. I love that story. And that is good advice. That's very good advice. I believe it. Yeah. Wow. I would also like to live on a sailboat for, for I some would, time. I would recommend it with some uh, disclaimers that would take a long, lot longer to go into. <laughs> We'll talk, we'll talk about it later. So, so yeah, this, this poem is called While I Wait for the Water to Boil. It will be in my next book, which will be out in November. Um, wow. before, the, before the year is over, certainly. So it could be and Christmas presents. It could be a Christmas present, yeah. So, and the book will be called Subtle Medicine. Mm, beautiful. While I wait for the water to boil, I stretch my body, prepare it for the day, 
prepare it to remain flexible for whatever comes. While I wait for the water to boil, my mind is still half asleep, but my soul is more awake than ever. Fueled by the sun peeking over the horizon and promises of nothing but the sweet, sweet vision of a new day. While I wait for the water to boil, I can't help but wonder how I arrived at this moment in this tiny kitchen with these 1970s worn tiles and the unshakable feeling that this life is playing out exactly the way it's meant to, how I never could have imagined it would. While I wait for the water to boil, something comes over me. I feel a rush of words, but not the typical replays and rewinds and sentences that have been thought before. No, these are new. These are something to note, something to write down, or at the very least say out loud to no one. While I wait for the water to boil, I find it so enchanting that outside my window, the water is frozen in flakes falling from the sky. And inside my tea kettle, the water is nearly bubbling. And within my own body, the water is somewhere in between, between the freezing and the bubbling between two worlds. Mm -hmm. While I wait for the water to boil, I get so lost in the childlike energy of an early morning, lost in the smoke of the braided sweet grass, lost in the endless possibilities of a new day. Mm. Mm, there's a, I hope you can tapping <laughs> my fingers because that's poet, poetry style for clapping. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. All right. A second time. While I wait for the water to boil, I stretch my body, prepare it for the day, prepare it to remain flexible for whatever comes. While I wait for the water to boil, my mind is still half asleep, but my soul is more awake than ever. Fueled by the sun peeking over the horizon and promises of nothing but the sweet, sweet vision of a new day. While I wait for the water to boil, I can't help but wonder how I arrived at this moment in this tiny kitchen with these 1970s worn tiles and the unshakable feeling that this life is playing out exactly the way it's meant to, how I never could have imagined it would. While I wait for the water to boil, something comes over me. I feel a rush of words, but not the typical replays and rewinds and sentences that have been thought before. No, these are new. These are something to note, something to write down or at the very least say out loud to no one. While I wait for the water to boil, I find it so enchanting that outside my window, the water is frozen in flakes falling from the sky. And inside my tea kettle, the water is nearly bubbling. And within my own body, the water is somewhere in between, between the freezing and the bubbling, between two worlds. While I wait for the water to boil, I get so lost in the childlike energy of an early morning, lost in the smoke of the braided sweet grass, lost in the endless possibilities of a new day. Thank you. Thanks, Joey. You're very welcome. Even uh, like the, the cadence and linguistically that refrain of while I wait for the water to boil, I really like that repetition and sort of 
yeah, there's a rhythm to it. There's a waiting to it. And yeah, stylistically, I really like that. And I appreciate, uh, I appreciate that. The other part that I, I love, well, I like lots of about it, but the, the detail of the kitchen, the detail of the 1970s kitchen strikes me because it kind of feels like I kind of arrived there with you. I want to see what the kitchen looks like. Mm -hmm. And, and also because I felt that in, in like still moments in a house, sometimes it's like when I get up in the middle of the night or that early morning and it feels like the house hasn't quite woken up yet, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm witnessing it and I'm not necessarily awake yet. And it feels like that's when I notice that strange kind of destiny feeling, which is maybe what you're getting at where it's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm here. Like I'm in this mm -hmm. place. And sometimes it's the place that I technically live in, or sometimes it's a place that I'm visiting, but sort of the, the miraculous strangeness of like me being there is evident in that liminal, like house hasn't woken up yet. So that's what it made me think of the times when I felt that as well. Like, wow, I'm here. The miraculous strangeness of being here. I love that. That's beautiful. And I also mm. really relate to the that sentence about in between worlds. Um, mm. It's it's a phrase actually in in pagan rituals when the there's a circle cast and then uh, you recognize like the the above and below and that we as the ones enacting the ritual are between the worlds. And one of the phrases is and what happens between the worlds can change all the worlds mm. and humans that occupying that unique role both in like sort of size like there's trees and whales bigger than us and then there's lots of things smaller than us and then you know we move between spirit and physical and yeah just it's a very rich phrase for me so I, I, I would highlight it in that poem like yeah yeah that one yeah. amazing amazing wow yeah, the early morning is is when I feel that most strongly, like that mm. when the veil is thinnest, you know, between this and the physical and the spiritual world. Um, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And I, I, haven't, I haven't thought of it the way that you described with the house not being woken up yet, but I love that. And I'm sure that's that's touching it as well. This is one of those poems that I, I really don't know what I was trying to get at. I, you know, it was, of course, there's, that's exactly what I wanted to write. It was, it was, sometimes the poems would just come so quickly and seamlessly, and I don't need to edit anything afterwards. And this is one of those poems. Yeah. And, and those are the ones that, that it doesn't feel like it's me writing them. Yeah. Like, I'm the hand. You're the you scribe. Know? yeah I'm the scribe but it's coming from somewhere like through me and I'm playing a huge role in it but it's it's bigger it's it's a team co-creation and I think of that when you were saying that like you you kind of wish you could create quietly but it mm. almost feels like to me the the ones that we feel like and the poetry or the the creations let's that we feel like we're a conduit for like it's coming through us it's like those ones are only coming through us to go somewhere else so mm -hmm. it's it's not really possible to to not share them 
Um, mm. And as you say, like it could, it could even be just, I think there's a line in there, like speaking it to no one. It might mm. even just be that the, the creation has to be witnessed or maybe the floor wanted to hear it. Like maybe it's not necessarily like a publicized kind of, you know, go on YouTube sort of thing, but it like, it has to like come through implies that it needs to go out somewhere. Like it has to mm -hmm. go through us and out. So maybe that's well, why we can't be too quiet about it. That's yeah. That's really making me think. And I wonder if, Wow. So the co-creation for me is strongest when it's me and the natural world mm. um, or anything natural. And I'd say that includes humans, anything that, um, you know, is living, is alive. When yeah. it's me and living things that are working together to create that poem. So inspired by a tree, inspired by a person. Mm -hmm. um, I'm super inspired when I'm at a cafe and there's so many different human interactions happening. I do some of my best writing in cafes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so inspiring and it I always leave a cafe feeling more hopeful about the human condition. Hmm. This isn't That's where beautiful. I was going to stop. But, a, go for it. But yeah, it's I just I feel I sense and see so many little beautiful acts of kindness and just hmm. endearing pieces of what it means to be human so like mm. two people on a first date you know yeah. like that energy where it's like yeah. the nervousness the excitement the, the sweet things uh and then like people working there who are just like doing their absolute best and <laughs> yeah. being so kind and a lot of creative energy in cafes so so anyway if I when I write a poem that's very strongly a co-create a strong co-creation between me and other natural things i think that propels me to want to share it even more mm. because it's really not just me it's a lot of different things and mm. people that brought that poem to life yeah and to me your your podcast feels like it's almost like that same interaction but it's even stronger on the natural world part because it feels like at least so far the they're to me they're like extended contemplations they're about like five to ten minutes long and it's like instead of it's like the natural world is 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 the meditation is the inspiration like it is the thing and it's just sort of almost like by necessity you have to try and translate that into words mm. but it's the element of nature itself that is what you're what you're sharing with us um and it's really beautiful yeah i appreciate that and i would say that's true yeah and and the the nature sounds are just as much of a fun part for me as the words yeah. that i'm speaking so i spent a lot of time just having a blast recording like the the stream that is in the intro, the insects, me walking barefoot through the mm -hmm. woods, um, and then me drumming at the end. Like, I sound is so important to me, and if I had to give up a sense, it would not be sound. It would not mm -hmm. be my ears mm -hmm. um, hearing. So yeah, I just it's that's just as fun for me as 
the words that I'm actually speaking. And, oh, just to share, it's uh, Joey's podcast is called Student, Student of the Moment. And I'm curious where, I love the title, and I'm curious where that came from. Where did the, what's the inspiration for the title? So that's the recent book title, Student of the Moment. Ah, great. So that's the one before this one, from. you mean? Correct. So the, the one I published last year, the 2021, um, yeah, is Student of the Moment. And so that's where the podcast name came from. I just, it felt like it fit. And I often, the lessons that I'm learning that I'm wanting to talk about with other people or centered around when you really break it down to the bare bones, it's really just about being in the moment mm -hmm. is, is what it means to me, the, the lessons I'm learning recently. So I sort of felt like anything could kind of be captured in <laughs> yeah. learning to be in the moment. Like yeah. if, if I could take any spiritual lesson, any human lesson, learning to be in the moment more would probably help me with that lesson mm -hmm. with it's that sort of like a it's both specific but it's also kind of a catch-all yes yeah beautiful yeah so that's I think that's where it came from and also as a as a way to keep myself accountable to like learning to be more in the moment personally and mm -hmm. really paying attention while I'm out hiking or throughout my day whatever it is that I'm doing so it's a, uh, these creative practices are so, I mean, we grow so much through them. So yeah, yeah, it's making me slow down and be in the moment more. And I wanted to ask you about barefoot hiking and barefoot walking, partly because those are the pictures that I love seeing on Instagram. And you sometimes do these little the videos of your feet walking, they're like 20 seconds long. Um, and they're always calming to me, this little moment of of bare like it's just your feet on a path and it has been inspiring I've often loved walking barefoot but I started to think about doing that more making more of a point of it and I've been enjoying shoes that have like no no heel like they're I guess zero drop would be the technical term like they're just flat so they feel like you're walking in bare feet anatomically even because here it's too cold for at least my feet right now to walk outside barefooted and I feel like it's, it's changing my anatomy. It's changing my sense of the forest. I love walking with very little soul and feeling the texture. Like I feel like I'm more connected to the land. And so I, I wanted to share with you that that was inspiring to me and I'm loving where it's going, but also just curious, like, have you always walked barefoot? Do you, do you walk barefoot in the winter? Like, tell us about the barefoot thing. <laughs> if you don't That's mind. I love that it's inspiring you. It's that's beautiful and it's hilarious because so many friends or family will laugh at me because I'm so so frequently posting photos or. or oh no! Keep keep therapy. keep the barefoot thing going. I think it's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely won't be stopping. And <laughs> so yes, glad that it's inspiring you. And I mean, it's a, I, it's a relatively new thing for me the past year or two is when I've really started to rarely wear shoes. And, um, and I, I rarely would be outside barefoot, you know, even if it was my backyard, but, but now I just can't get enough of it. And yeah. I 
you said something it's increase improving your sense of the forest I think is what you said Mm -hmm. and I I have a big forest by my house and so I walk there almost every day and feeling the texture of the ground more like it's not muted by a a sturdy flat sole so I can like feel the roots feel the rocks just feels like I'm walking it's almost like the shoes make stiff shoes make anywhere feel like pavement because it's this it feels like the same texture and with bare feet or less soles then different places have different texture absolutely I feel that too and I think that's probably one of the biggest draws for me like not only the texture but the temperature changes too and Mm -hmm. you really you really get to be intimate with the land in a way that you can't if it's a shoe and and I was immediately as you were describing that thinking of being in this you know this apartment with with heat where I get to or air conditioning it's I can make it the same temperature all year yes. long and it, disconnects, <laughs> it disconnects me from from the seasons from the land from the atmosphere and and I think unintentionally barefoot hiking brings me back to yeah. the natural seasonal way of this planet and yeah. it's so I love being able to sense the really subtle changes in the temperature of the of the soil Uh like going higher up in elevation going lower getting like muggy as you're lower and it's like cold and it's kind of like a massage but then those parts of a trail where it's like rocky and there's sharp rocks and you really need to slow down it's it's like this it forces you to be at the pace of that exact terrain Mm -hmm. so like if it's a really cushiony sandy trail I can like you know just mosey along and look around and it feels great but then if it's sharp rocks if it's a bunch of sticks or something then you just you don't have a choice you have to slow down and really pay attention and I love that and do you find your feet are getting like tougher like is it can you walk on more things more easily absolutely yeah it's at first it was my feet felt very delicate and I would maybe do half of a hike barefoot and then put yeah. on my shoes and cave. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, I hardly notice it now. And, and I'll, I rock climb quite a bit and I would say more than half the time I'm climbing barefoot now. Oh, great. We were talking um, about that last time and you said you're just starting it. Yeah. It's so fun. It's very great. different climbing. So yeah, working on building life for me where I, rarely need to wear shoes great and what about in the temperature how cold can you can you walk outside and do you wear like leg warmers or something how do you keep your feet warm well we'll see after this winter yeah i i definitely don't go barefoot quite as much um i would like to hike just as much in the winter as i do the rest of the seasons yeah that's something i want to be intentional about this this winter um but certainly not as much barefoot. Uh, yeah. But I have been doing a lot of cold plunges recently, ice baths. Yeah. And I'm curious how that will impact my uh, my tolerance, mm-hmm. or at least circ- my and your circulation too. Yeah. My circulation too. Yeah. So that's a beautiful practice. Have you ever done cold plunging? Not in a manufactured bath, but in uh, in the local like ocean rivers lakes around here 
So uh, my boyfriend and I have a commitment to dunk at least every month of the year. And I think we're probably increasing that slightly. So uh, I'm familiar with the natural version of it, but I don't think I stay in as long as the like therapeutic, tough, impressive people do such as yourself. <laughs> so I'm what? into the, the natural version of it. And I only have a cold shower at home. Like my, in my little trailer house, I don't have hot running water. So I just have an outdoor, like modified garden hose basically. <laughs> so um, until the water freezes, my, like my functional shower is a cold plunge <laughs> or is a cold shower. Um, so I, I have that much tolerance for the cold, I guess. So you're doing it all the time. That's amazing. And I would and say I, natural is, I, I would say that's ideal being in a natural body of water. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And there's also a inspiring group of women. I think they're mostly women in my hometown uh, who are, who are like avid outdoor cold water swimmers. And mm. it's amazing. Like often at the beach, there will be like three or more women like significantly swimming, like long time swimming in the ocean all year round. And so I think I, I haven't really set the, like, I want to be one of them, but I definitely hold them as like inspiring people in my mind. Mm. And I can see that maybe I might become one of them eventually. And I was going to add the, um, so in my desire to also spend as much time outside in the winter, well, almost as much, it gets dark early. So that's changing, but I'm trying more. I bought mucklucks, so like really warm, flat-soled kind of like outdoor moccasins. And I'm absolutely in love with those as far as mm. being warm and walking, but feeling barefoot outside. And I'm also getting, I'm practicing walking in the dark. So in the forest next to my house, I now have like a walking stick that feels like my protective weapon in case I've met something. And I practice turning off my headlamp and the trail is probably about like maybe five feet wide. And I practice adjusting my eyes and being able to walk in the dark without hitting things and without getting too scared. And I have like about a, maybe a 20 minute loop that I can do in the dark now. And that feels really good. Like it feels like this other sense Like we actually have more capability to both see in the dark, but also sense in the dark that I think we give ourselves credit for usually because we just think we can't see in the dark and it's not really seeing in the normal sense but as far as like spatial awareness and not hitting things I mean like I couldn't I couldn't you know like read a business card but I can walk a wide trail and not hit the trees in the dark so it feels like another awareness and it it's like stretching a different muscle and also the fear response that normally just arises so quickly in the dark to practice like feeling that and you know, recognizing like whether it's actually a real danger or not. And honestly, the danger at night compared to in the daytime is, is like not anymore in the forest, really. Like mm -hmm. the, around my place, the most dangerous thing would be a cougar. And they're so stealthy. So like, they're just going to attack me without me knowing any time of day if they really needed to. Like, it's just, there's not really anything to be done. So that's the conversation I have with myself in the dark. It's like the only thing that's really dangerous you can't do anything about other than hopefully defend yourself if it comes. So other than that, just like practice walking in the dark. So oh, I didn't expect to talk about that, but it, uh, yeah, it's one of my practices right now. 
That's very inspiring. And now I want to do that. I, that's so cool. And I agree. I think we're capable of sensory wise and many things much more than we give ourselves credit for. That's very cool. I've only hiked in the dark because of poor planning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it's more yeah. of a frantic, like, oh, yeah. getting out of here. <laughs> this is good practice to try and not be in emergency mode. And I bring my headlamp. And the other way to kind of do it gradually is if your headlamp has like a red light mode, mm. you can turn it onto that and practice walking by red light first, which is helpful because it gets your eyes adjusted and is a good kind of middle step. Oh, that's so, I'm going to, I'm excited to try that. I'm excited star, to hear how it goes. <laughs> how are the stars over by you at night? They're really great. Yeah, they're gorgeous. And if you, if you walk on like a, like a less than full moon night compared to a full moon night, the full moon night feels so bright. Like it's like, mm. it feels like so much to see by and feeling that, like I noticed as it's going into winter here, like really trying to enjoy the darkness more because I I used to and still somewhat have to watch out for like a seasonal affected depression element and so learning things like walking in the dark appreciating the starlight finding ways to be warm and trying like feeling that enjoyment of the dark coming back and like the moon the way it, it rises by my forest in the summertime I, the full moon doesn't shine on my house because it's too low in the sky but in the winter time the full moon is high enough that it shines on my house so feeling that like oh the moon's coming back instead of the like the sun's disappearing <laughs> yeah I love that shift yeah I'm trying to work with it that's beautiful yeah I think the lack of connection with nature in the winter especially with people like us who really need that I think everyone does um yeah I think if we're able to keep tapping into that and keep connecting with the land even when it's winter and cold mm -hmm. then I mean that's that's huge I love that shift you know like the sun everyone loves the sun and everyone loves the moon too so you know it's just a shift in beauty yeah and and mm. being able to walk outside in the dark and it feels like it's opening up new realms there for me well, um, as we close up, I'd love to know how um, how best for people to connect with you if they want to. Um, yeah, I'll just say your your podcast is called, called Student at the Moment. I think it's on most podcast players, and I I'd encourage everybody to check it out. I think they'd enjoy it. Uh, anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, I appreciate that, and it is on in most listening platforms just like yours so yeah the podcast instagram is is probably the best place for people to find me and that's just my name joey doherty d-o-h-e-r-t-y and so that's where you can find my books through the link there um my books can be purchased on amazon you can also reach out to me it's fun because if you reach out to joey directly then he might put a little note in for you <laughs> if you stop that's him a little, first. <laughs> that's a little trick <laughs> i appreciated that <laughs> uh, you're welcome so yeah that's those are the places to find me and, right, and it's my website those, i'll put those Beautiful. in the show notes too that's great yeah and my website's kind of a catch-all too they're, they're, it's linked in the instagram so that's where you can find 
my books. You can find um, some meditations I've recorded. I also founded and run this group I call Creatives Gone Hiking. So the schedule is on my website where we, I lead a group of whoever wants to come on a hike about two hours and then people bring things to create. So bring paints, instruments, Great. journals to write in. And we just like get deep in the forest and create together. It's amazing. So oh, I wish I was closer by for that. <laughs> me too. Me too. Let's, let's get it get it going like creative's gone international (laughs) exactly yeah well thank you so much for talking with me today and yeah i look i look forward to hearing what my people enjoy when they connect with you so thanks joey beautiful thank you and i will certainly be telling my people about this podcast too and it's because i love it oh i forgot to mention actually i i was telling my friend earlier that i was about to be on your podcast the magic for realists podcast Mm -hmm. this was like an hour before we started chatting and her immediate reaction was joey you're the least realistic person i know (laughs) (laughs) and i just but you might have enough magic to make up for it (laughs) i just started laughing and then she's like no actually you're very sometimes you're realistic sometimes your head's in the clouds and i felt really connected to that and also connected to the, the title of your podcast magic mm-hmm. for realists because it's it's that dichotomy it's totally. that it's that it's duality in those worlds yeah i love that yeah the magic the spirit world the reality the physical world i love that oh thank you yeah that's the, what i'm trying to capture both in the title and i think the the vibe of what i often talk about is that intersection between you know where does where does our head in the clouds touch our feet on the ground and mm-hmm. bridging those? And, uh, and I, I've had people like take the really um, like the philosophical approach to like real, like realism is a, a branch of philosophy that I know pretty much nothing about. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, realists in like the most like pedestrian, like, like the real world, like I'm not even defining real world as far as like quantum this, that I just mean like, the one you normally think about when you just think about like making tea, <laughs> like that's what we're talking about <laughs> and the barefoot, you know, things like that. Yeah. So thank you so much. And uh, we'll chat again soon. Sounds great. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Joey Doherty. And I would totally suggest you buy one of his poetry books. It's really delightful to receive one in the mail. And I think he has some beautiful thoughts to share. So if you're looking for a Christmas present for somebody, that would be my personal, one of my suggestions. I mean, I guess you could also, oh, I think I'll actually advertise one of my own things here. You could, I make these little quotes Um, like little inspirational quotes on fabric and they also make really great little Christmas presents so uh, my suggestion is buy a poetry book from Joey and buy a little quote uh, wall hanging from me and then you'll be set for all your loved ones didn't expect this to turn into a Christmas advertisement but anyways there it is I hope you enjoyed our conversation and if you want to be in touch with me or with Joey both of us are on Instagram Joey's at Joey Doherty. 
uh, and he spelled that out for you, and I am at Magic for Realists. So please come over and say hello, uh, we would be happy to know you listened, and even what you enjoyed or, or what you have questions about, maybe what you're finding with walking in bare feet or in the dark or some other strange walking technique that you enjoy, whatever's on your mind. Um, thanks for listening, and I hope until next time you do experience some of the magic in the real world. Bye for now.